Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You guys, I'm very proud to let you know that this episode of Steel Wars is sponsored by Geek Fuel. Each month, Geek Fuel sends out a mystery box that has at least $50 worth of value for only around $15 plus shipping and handling. The box contains such franchises as Marvel, DC, Firefly, Star Wars, Harry Potter, South Park, and of course, Star Wars. What's in the box? What's in the box? All right, what's in the box? It's a mystery, but each month you get an exclusive t-shirt, a full downloadable game, which to me, that's $15 right there. But in total, you get five to seven geek-related items. And if you use the special URL, just go to geekfuel.com forward slash Steel Wars, and you'll also get a bonus item of at least $10 value in your first box. You can sign up for one month. You can sign up for a couple. You can do whatever you want, but you want to get that bonus item in the first month. Check it all out at geekfuel.com forward slash Steel Wars. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Hey, you guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars! And we are at the Nerd Melt Theatre at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles, California. How exciting is that? I'm very glad you've got your uh, your Snoke Theory Sucks Lollipop. Uh, I'm very precious about them. They're delicious, but I get really annoyed when people find out they're delicious. They should be kept in condition. They should be framed. The first guy I gave one of those lollipops to at Celebration, I was so stoked. I was like, yep, first one. And he was like, oh, I really want one. I saw it online. And then we're waiting in line. And then like 15 minutes later, I look down at him and he's got it in his mouth. <laughs> And I'm like, I was giving you a collectible, not a snack. Very sad. Very sad. I am in LA now. I just live up the street, which is quite strange that this iconic comic book shop is, is, is my now my local, which is really exciting. And now I can hang out with Jackie and Jerry every day and I don't have to worry about them, which is great because my wife's been here uh, for a couple of years. And when she moved here, it was really 
like weird because you know LA it can be pretty dangerous you guys I'm not sure if you've listened to the words of Dr. Dre, but it paints a pretty bleak picture. Like when we were deciding where she was going to live, she, I was like, oh, let's just pay a bit extra, live somewhere a little bit nicer and stuff so it's not as dangerous. And she goes, no, 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 it's fine because if I ever have to walk back from my car late at night, I've got a plan. And I'm like, okay, what's the plan? Well, I'll always have in my, we call it a boot. I think you guys call it a trunk. Yeah. Well, I would appreciate it if you left your racism at the door, okay? This is inclusive, all right? This is inclusive. So, uh, she said she would leave in her boot or trunk the thing at the back of the car, you guys. The big glove box at the back. The jacket box. That is a better name for a boot or a trunk. The jacket box, actually. Let's go with that. She said, so whenever I uh, have to walk home late at night, I will always have a puffer jacket and a beanie in there and then I have to walk back late at night I'll just put the puffer jacket on I'll zip it right up I'll put the beanie on pull it right down and I quote no one will mess with me (laughs) because if there's one thing that scares off the bloods and the crips and that's some sweet South Park cosplay (laughs) plus you're dressing as the guy who gets killed every episode Not really sending the right message. So, uh, before we get started, we ran a bit late because uh, one of our guests, apparently there's a fire on the freeway. Okay, it checks out. So, okay, there's a fire. Is that a common thing? Um, The roads are just catching fire. The hoodlums. Okay, so, all right. So, there's a new rule. You guys don't talk anymore. It's great. You're sitting in the front row, but just yelling random things that might happen in LA. It's fine, you guys. It is fine. We're waiting for Jenny to survive the freeway of death and get down here. Because there was a guy going to come to film and he said, I can't make it because the freeway's on fire. And I'm like, I could have made up a better excuse than that. (laughs) But then I'm seeing a common theme. So I'm not sure if there is actually a freeway on fire or that's just the go-to excuse in LA. I I know it's raining is also an excuse. So it's at either end of the paradigm. So audience, I would like your hands to get patted together in a noisy combination and welcome our guests from Screen Junkies, Jenny Nicholson and from Film Threat, we've got Chris Gore. Hey, you guys. How are you doing? Okay. Did you survive the road fire? We're uh, very the worried. was on fire outside, but other than that, mostly okay. Really? Maybe we can get... Well, I just figured someone would see it and come put it out. Well, it's sort of like a L.A. show business rite of passage. To have your Carlin on fire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I think a- it's supposed to be a fan that does it. It's all the greats. I heard two guys recently just lit Ron Howard's car on fire. That was me. I know what two guys you're talking about. Paint a, paint a picture of what was happening on this freeway. Um, it was crazy. People were jumping out of cars, crying, uh, screaming. There were wild horses running between the lanes. It was like War Horse. 
<laughs> a lot like that. Really? Yeah. Have you seen that? Not yet. That's good because we're going to watch it today. <laughs> well, I could save myself the rental and just drive down the 101 or something. Yeah. No, War Horse is better. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. If you can just hold that up a little bit more. Just so it records. Okay. It's a podcast. I guess. No, don't guess. Okay. I guarantee this is a podcast. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Jennifer, come on. Come on. God, BB hate. Now, uh, Chris, how are you? Did you did you have any uh, awkward things happen on the way? Any fires? There was a fire, but I made it here on time. Wow. <laughs> it was on the 110. There is a little minor brush fire. You'll read about it on the news tonight. Did you see any horses? I did not see horses, but War Horse was, must have been the most boring fire on that freeway because, boy, that movie was deadly dull. I liked it. So, not too sure about that fire. I heard the play was good. But uh, yeah, no, I'm here. I made it. I'm I so happy. It. I'm so happy. Yeah. yeah. Were, they, were they real horses or CG horses? No, they were real. Oh, good, because I, I want practical effects. Their names were Joey. <laughs> Their names were Joey. They were all the actors that played Joey in War Horse. <laughs> there were like a dozen. I feel like every time I ask Jenny everything, I'm then going to ask Chris something just <laughs> to feel at ease. <laughs> I can feel the awkward right between here. <laughs> no, we're fine. We, we did your show the other, the other day. That you're went well. You're not allowed to talk about that yet. You signed an NDA. No, I didn't. Yeah, you're not allowed to talk about that yet. I didn't sign anything. Okay, the lawyers are going to come get you. Okay, well, <laughs> sizzle. There's, the, the, there is a lot of talk of trampolines. A lot of talk. Oh, Yeah. And yeah, that was strange. We talked mostly about trampolines, and then kind of five minutes at the end, we talked about Star Wars. Uh, so they're going to cut most of it, I think. <sighs> oh, well, I've never heard of it, so it's Me fine. Neither. So what, what, do you, what do you make of the week's news, Chris? The week's news, you're talking about this Han Solo news? I'm not talking about that bloody fire on the freeway, I can tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. No, the Han Solo news. Okay, so I think it's really interesting that they've got these two young directors who have had a string of recent hits, and then they're going with Lawrence Kasdan's vision, who hasn't made a decent film since the 80s. I'm sorry I'm being honest. Not to bring the podcast down, but I think, I don't know, I, I, I've just heard rumblings inside, you know, uh, Lucasfilm that they're they're you know there's something evil afoot there may be but I'd love to see uh, an original vision from a director using sort of the Star Wars toys right <laughs> what I'm being honest I'm giving you my honest real assessment of what's going on I think that I, I, I think that um, Lord Miller were going for a different vision sort of comedic vision to tell the origin of Han Solo how did he get that vest. Where did he make friends with Chewbacca? All that stuff. So we were going to get to see the, this origin in a playful, fun way. And they work differently as directors. I think you read in the trades that they're, you know, they like to be improvisational. They like to kind of go off script. Who knows if it makes it in the movie, but you try stuff out and see if it works. So that was not exactly something that, uh, something that Lucasfilm wanted. So we'll see. We'll see what Ron Howard comes up with. He's done some good stuff. He's done some good things. I, I, All been very good. I can never not cut the onions at the end of Apollo 13. Right. That right. Gets well, me. this means Clint Howard's definitely in the movie, which I cannot wait. 
It's the cheapest Ugnaught makeup ever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's just... What? Yes, you're right. It's just Clint Howard. Yeah. God, the LA audiences are sensitive. Yeah. Don't make fun of the Ugnaughts. In Australia, if you haven't brought someone down in the first five minutes, ooh, it gets nasty. How about you, Jenny? Um, I was very not excited to see the Han Solo movie. Yeah, so anything could happen to it, and I would just have a totally ambivalent reaction. What's the most excited that you've ever been? Ooh, let's see. I saw Cars 3 a few days ago. (laughs) That was a great movie. (laughs) It's probably the best one I've ever seen. How does it weigh up against Cars 2? Oh, it's so much better. Really? It's much better than Apollo 13, uh, the original Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> everything I've ever seen. Even War Horse. Oh, wow. Yeah, callback. It's, it's a callback. Settle down. It's bold. Settle down. I, I, I don't know. I, at one point, it's like, oh, I think I do their vision. But then there's also my fear that is now with relief that they stop production on a live action Star Wars detours. That's just going to be like goofy, too many jokes. I feel like that is a jokes. Hollywood thing to do. Like instead of the logical conclusion of like, oh, Han Solo wasn't a great topic. They'll just be like, we just shouldn't make movies anymore. We'll just forget movies. No more movies. If they don't like Han Solo, they won't like anything. That You should be a Hollywood executive. It's just like you go in to Disney and go, Bob, yeah. I've got this new concept. No more movies. Yeah, I know what's not working, and it's the movie part. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, uh, I like that statement because it's true. It's almost everything good about Star Wars today has nothing to do with the actual movies. The trailers are great. The toys are great. The BB-8 is great. Yeah, which toys? Yeah, the BB-8 toys are great. Okay. Uh, But it's like, then you see the movie, it's it's almost like an afterthought. Like, you know, it's all the hype up to the movie, and then it's like, the movie's like, ah, then there's the movie. But that's sort of our fault, I think. Because, like, our imaginations just go, this is like you see the little clips and you fill in the rest, and I just don't, it's so hard for a Star Wars film to, you know, live up to your expectations. Because I think, like, because we had so many years, like a decade and a half to ponder, like, and come up with our own versions of the Clone Wars and stuff like that, that when we got shown them, we were just like, yeah, I thought there'd be more Jedis flying around and not so much, you know, they weren't all monks. I know you're referencing the prequels there, but what the prequels did is kind of actually warn us about our current political situation. (laughs) You know, like how... uh, Galactic democracy goes to mm-hmm. yeah. a dictatorship. You can how liberty dies. How liberty dies. <laughs> Thunderous applause. It's inspiring a whole new generation of children to become senators. I'm actually only half joking. That should have been a, an applause line. For applause. <laughs> hey, can people applaud the things that I say also? Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said something clever. Yeah. Woohoo! Ride that horse. <laughs> now, let's uh, find out about your Star Wars fandoms. Chris, what is your first memory of Star Wars? My first memory was seeing a trailer when I was a kid, and I thought, this looks pretty badass because the Wolfman is in this movie. So, uh, I was super pumped to see it. 
The Wolfman. The Wolfman, which turned out to be Chewbacca. But, uh, you know, I like... Were you disappointed? I wasn't disappointed, no. I mean, it it blew my mind, like everybody else, you know, when you first see that film. I mean, we all experience it differently. Some There's a whole generation that experienced it for the first time on VHS. But I was was there, I saw... Seriously, but I saw it in the theater, and uh, yeah, it just it changed everything. It, you know, like like with anybody that's seen that film, it's it it you know, it's like a, getting a religion or something. Did you think the Wolfman was extra friendly from his previous uh, outings on the film? Yes, yes. Well, look, as a fan growing up with monster movies and Planet of the Apes movies, where they used people instead of digital actors, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, I just, I liked uh, the original also because it had mostly practical effects. I'm not so down with the digital. I think it looks too digital. You know? No, no you, there's no way that when you first saw Star Wars, I'm like, I'm glad there's not much CGI in Right, this. exactly. That's exactly my... <laughs> Little kid thought was so glad there's no CGI. <laughs> CGI didn't really exist then, but you know. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I just like, like like anyone that saw it as a kid. I mean, everyone has the same story. Mm-hmm. You know, your mind was blown, and you just your life was changed. So. Uh, Jenny, you you, you probably uh, saw it a little bit later on because you're younger than Chris. I, saw I hope it when it came out opening weekend, seventy <laughs> seven. <laughs> Good year. <laughs> and um, I was like, this is going to be big. <laughs> no, um, I, I can't remember the first time that I ever watched it because um, I think it's just like your parents show it to you when you're so young. I guess my first clear memory of watching all of them through was like my cousins and I were up in the snow for like a snow trip and the Hoth parts seemed very apt. So that's what hooked us in that time, I think. That would have been like a four day experience. No, we just watched them all in one day. <laughs> oh, your crazy accent was deceiving me. <laughs> oh. But yeah, we could um, smell the tauntauns and stuff like that. <laughs> That's great, Jenny. Annunciation. Thank you, sir. <laughs> It's a little racist. Yeah. yeah, wow. Just for everyone listening at home, she has got her BB-8 Ku Klux Klan hood on right now. So, Accept me into your country. I, I took that hood off when I got here. I put it in the car. Theatre of the mind. It's lucky it didn't catch on fire. Oh, it is on fire. It's kind of poetic justice. <laughs> Who was the character that you uh, related to? Luke Skywalker. I just, I, I liked Luke. I know everyone's for Han Solo. Everyone loves Han Solo and bad, but I, I always liked Luke. He was, you know, he wanted to be a good person. And I'd love to see Luke Skywalker in a Star Wars movie at some point, maybe this December. <laughs> we'll see. So do I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? Desperately. And. If he needs to cut anything at any time in the film, needs to defend himself, needs to open a can of soup, let's hope he does it in a green sabred technique. Right, right. That would really make me happy. What about you, Jenny? Who's who's your favourite character? Uh, Well, I was never really anything like Princess Leia, so probably C-3PO. Like, I like how he's just... 
anxious all the time. Uh, I like when he has that line, like, maybe we were made to suffer. <laughs> like, that resonates with me. You know? It's me as a robot. <laughs> and bad range of motion with his arms. <laughs> and he has a round little friend that he, like, is mean to. I'm like, me. No, not BB. My friend Bailey. I think she's here. Uh, oh, yeah, I, there she is. I get the feeling I'm your round little friend that you're mean to. You could be. Okay, great. I replace her. Oh, wow. Well. I'm fine. Sorry, Bailey. It's so funny you mention that because when you look back at those original Star Wars films, C-3PO is really mean to R2-D2. I mean, beyond microaggressions. I mean, we're talking out, outright abusive and hitting him. Mm. It's cruel. That's what I do as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about background characters, Chris? Who'd you like lurking up the back? I, I, I like I love that uh, the bartender that works at the cantina. The bar, I think I don't know. I just I love just these all the fact that the whole world is so populated with every kind of character that there is mm-hmm. people that working different places and whatnot. Like I love like the one guy in Empire Strikes Back when they're evacuating Cloud City and he's running and carrying a giant thing that turned out to be an ice cream maker, right? Mm. And you'll see at conventions, a bunch of people will dress up as that character and run through the convention. So those are, I love those sort of finer details. And that, don't worry, when Lucasfilm is done, there will be movies about every character in the Star Wars universe 3,000 years from now. Every single character is going to have their own movie. Can't wait. So, well, that was Wilro Hood. And they're trying to find out, he's like a mystery of the casting. They can't find the actual actor that... that you know, he really he held that ice cream maker like he really had to get off Cloud City and right. make some ice cream somewhere. Yeah. I'm sure there's some fanfic somewhere all it's about his livelihood. him. He needs it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he has. It's good point. What about you? Who's your favorite background character, Jenny? Ooh, Max Rebo. I love Max Rebo. Ooh. He's just so cuddly. I find a lot of the Star Wars creatures like are not actually that cute. I think Chewbacca's scary looking. He's got those like human eyes. That are just like, oh, there's just like a man in there. (laughs) It's like if you had like a teddy bear that had human eyes looking from inside, you wouldn't find it cute. Same with the Ewoks. They're kind of scary. Hey, yo, whoa, whoa. Uh, Max Rebo is like a big plush balloon. It's just a very pleasing creature. The Ewoks are cuddly. They're nice. It's like they're trying to be cute. It's like the old Barbie movies would have those horrifying CGI puppies, and they're like, oh, make their heads bigger. Now they're cute. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to pretend... all the Barbie movies. I'm going to pretend I don't get any Barbie movie okay. references. <laughs> but I, I hear your sister. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Princess and the Popper. Okay. Okay. What about scenes, Chris? What's your favorite scene in the whole trilogy? Or the whole saga, sorry. I shouldn't... Uh, I'm not being trilogy-est. Ooh, favorite scene... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll tell you, the scene where actually Luke Skywalker is looking out over the twin sons of Tatooine, pondering his future, because there's very few moments in movies where you see characters thinking, right? Thinking 
I'm serious. I'm actually making a sincere point, not intended for a joke. There's, I mean, there's a scene like that in in the original Godfather. I like, I like those mo- moments where characters ponder their future. I think it's the only moment where a character is really thinking something through. I, I don't know. I love that moment. It's also the stirring music. And if you look online, you'll find there's actually a different piece of music that John Williams wrote for that scene that actually was just much more foreboding. And I can't believe you're looking at me with a quizzical look in your face because you, of all people, steal. You should know this. You should know about this. So there was a different piece of music that just sounded. I was watching the darker. Barbie movie that week, all right? Yeah, exactly. You're caught up with. But you should look that up. It's it's. Uh, yeah, this, I'm sorry. These are deep cuts. Oh, so if you're interested, you know, you can use the Google. This is you, you, when you make a like a deep Star Wars reference yeah. at a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. You don't have to apologize. Yeah, well, thank you. Chris, yeah. Chris, you are on brand. Right, yeah. I'm on brand for this show. Yeah, if you can yeah. just throw in a few more Warhorse references <laughs> right. and yeah. make a valid point about the Barbie films, then right. you'll be done. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, what is your favorite scene? I was just imagining like the alternate song for that scene he described and just imagining that it was like this extremely crappy xylophone song. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, John Williams originally wrote a different score for that scene and you pull it up and it's just like, mur, 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 mur. like he tried. <laughs> the forgotten works of the great. Um, anyway, my favorite scene from uh, all of Star Wars or the original trilogy? Oh no, anything with all Star Wars on it. You can, okay. you can bring up your favorite Ezra scene if you'd like. No, it's definitely um, episode three. I like when Mace Windu confronts Palpatine and then melts his face. I like the performance from Palpatine when he's getting his face melted. And he's just like and it's, he's shooting lightning, face is melting, everyone's screaming. It's, just, it's a good scene. The best. Yeah. It's, a fun to, it's fun to watch rewinding as well. Oh yeah. Well, I'll watch it backwards, then forwards again. Yeah. Every speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you rewind it, it's like a really good like Pantene commercial. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. like gets like, like a real clear skin. His skin. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Perfect rewind time. <laughs> a great moisturizer. I so want to watch it now. I'm thinking. Yes, he's wrinkly. He is wrinkly. It's mm-hmm. so like when you get like a, you know, when you're in the bath for too long and your th- fingers always go like that. I mean, his starting point wasn't like ideal for a beauty commercial. I'm not trying to slam me in McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a Maybelline campaign is all that I'm saying. But yeah, when you're in the bathtub for too long and it wrinkles, I always think I've got like five little emperors on my hand. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, it so, is. Are you turn wrinkly when you're wet? <laughs> <laughs> it's not normal. It is if you're Australian. Oh, okay. With, with Sounds like some weird thing you could also do. <laughs> yeah. Great person to, just to let linger. So bake in the sun like a lizard. <laughs> Steam rising off you like Palpatine. <laughs> favorite movie, Chris. Oh, favorite of the films. Oh, uh, you know, standard issue answer, Empire Strikes Back. Which would not have been as great without Star Wars, the original Star Wars. It so, helped. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it's the one that's, of course, least altered in the special editions, uh, which I like. So, and that's also like, the, you know, Star Wars at that time was not you know, so influenced by all the marketing and, and fandom, because fandom really wasn't 
organized like fandom is now. I mean, stuff that happens in fandom is instantly reported and commented on and digested and, you know, is it, over with by the end of the week. It's so pathetic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Or like, epi- I actually like, if you look back, I kind of like episode one because it's unfiltered George Lucas. That's the movie he really wanted to make, you know, like this sort of like weird Flash Gordon, like, well, it's, you know, Jar Jar, if we can get Jar Jar working, Jar Jar is going to be awesome. Um, so, uh, like so I like kind of fevered mind, right? And it's yeah. also the the one that has the the of the prequels has the most practical effects. They actually built sets instead of all green screen. So uh, Episode One, I kind of have like a weird affection for because it, it was just a fun time that Star Wars was coming back, um, and then everyone hated that film. But and then all the movies after two and three were just all affected by the negative reaction. George just you know. Uh, from that, he said, well, I'm putting in Boba Fett. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to give you everything you want. He basically just gave the fans a fan job, you know, like, <laughs> whatever you want, I'm just going to do it. Wow. You want more? And Jar Jar's in, like, two scenes and, you know, the rest of the other two films, and he was such an important character in episode one. I like your slang use of the term fan job than right. if you picture it. Don't worry. Right. But... You know, I mean, JJ's really good at giving fan jobs. He did it to two franchises. Oh, it's sexual. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of practical stuff in episode one than the other two films. And I think in that documentary, if you watch it, you find the point that they decide to do that. And it's when George Lucas is showing Steven Spielberg the set. And Spielberg grabs the arm of the battle droid and it falls off. And then Lucas is after that CGI. If, if Steven broke that, we can't. We've got, we've got to get it's rid actually of that. a great documentary. It's called The Beginning. Yeah. And it's actually on YouTube. And it's, it's you know, free to watch. Um, when Disney bought Star Wars, they put a whole lot of content on the Star Wars channel. Look it up. It's The Beginning. It's never appeared on any DVD release. It was only on the standard edition DVD of Phantom Menace when it first came out. And it's this great documentary. There's no stirring Star Wars music. There's no one doing interviews to camera about how great Star Wars is. It's just fly on the wall like Errol Morris style documentary filmmaking where it's you're just seeing it being made and everything has like a laugh line. Because you see, I mean, like you see him saying, and if we can get Jar Jar working, the movie will be great. It's like, I mean, you'll just like, you know, their mic drops every scene. It's hilarious. Like he meets with Spielberg. These are like the new stormtroopers and they're going to be awesome. Like it's George going around being super excited about it. They're casting young Anakin and you see Jake Lloyd and he's terrible. He's just, he's just a nine-year-old kid. I mean, but not an actor. And then you see this other actor that's really polished, really good, kind of even looks like Mark, a young Mark Hamlin. You're thinking, holy crap, that's the guy. And then they cast Jake Lloyd. He's, he's unpolished, you know, we can cut a performance. And it's, it's just seeing, I mean, it is, it is a raucous comedy. They should do a comedy <laughs> screening of the beginning, f- streaming from YouTube here at the Meltdown Theater in Los Angeles. The, my favorite part of the documentary is when he's got the highlighters, the fluoro textures or whatever, and he's like making which bit's going to be real or not. This is practical. Like, this is digital. Yeah. And yeah. It's, everything is digital. It's really just, it's, yeah, every, every scene in that is just laugh out loud funny and you it's could, because it's so ironic now just knowing everything. The ILM guys in the background are just like fully doing like Jim Carrey the mask yeah, eye popping out. They're just oh, like, nah. like hmm. okay. And like you can tell that they don't agree with what he's saying but they have to because it's George Lucas. They just look afraid and confused. And sort of realizing the next two years of their life is going to be 
brutally hard working yeah. out how to make this. It's the the background looks are just wow. Definitely, I would seek out that that on YouTube. It's it's great. It's like an hour long, and it's amazing. What's your favorite film, Jen? Um, it's episode three. <laughs> I know, like every line, it's just got some great ones. What's the best one? Oh, um, the best one is if you're not with me, then you're my enemy. <laughs> the best His conviction is what really sells it. That whole scene actually is my favorite. It's so good. And then, of course, Ewan McGregor says, "Only a Sith deals in absolutes." Yeah, and everyone always remembers that line, but Anakin's is good. And then. Um, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. That's a good line, too. It's, it lets you know where he stands. In case you didn't realize. You know? He's, he's a subtle guy, and his motivations are hard to understand. Were you, were you sad at the end that it was like the last film and it ended on such a downer? No. I mean, at the time, I was almost surprised that I was watching it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how old I was when that came out uh, but yeah it was it was like very strange it was like an afternoon my mom was like oh, the last Star Wars is out and we almost resignedly went to the theater <laughs> <laughs> let's get this over with <laughs> yeah after I saw it the first time I remembered basically nothing of it but in subsequent years it, it stuck with me on rewatches so it's it's the one I've seen the most now, I think. What what's your favorite thing about Star Wars? Um, let's see. I like the universe. I think it's really good. It's it's just good world building. Um, I kind of respect that about any franchise that can make it so easy for people to like expand on it themselves. I mean, that's what I like about Harry Potter and stuff too. Is um it's very easy to tell an engaging story, but I think it's really hard to build a universe that feels original and still resonates with people. Hmm. Also, BB-8 is really cute, so that's a, another thing that I like. I like how you go from poignant to... <laughs> and cute. Yeah, it is. Hey, you guys, while you're checking out Jenny's awesome videos on YouTube, skip on over to youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars for the Steel Wars YouTube feed and hit that sweet, sweet subscribe button. We've got one-on-one interviews with the cast of The Last Jedi. Plus, we put up really fun animated highlights from previous Steel Wars episodes. And in the coming weeks, there is a huge new project that will be unveiled. So that is youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. Film Threat Magazine, which is now a website, explain first what a magazine is and then... It's like uh, the internet, but on really thin slices of wood. (laughs) (laughs) They have some of them available at Meltdown Comics. Nice. How good is fine wood? Yes. Well, yes. But no, yeah, Film Threat was a sort of punk rock fanzine I created when I was in high school that turned into a fully-fledged magazine, and then I turned it into a website, and then that's the story. End scene. So there you go. But no, so yeah. But what? Why are you giving me this look? There there is more to the story, but that's a good story for another time. Little Maz Kanata there for people that (laughs) didn't know what I was referencing. Your your Maz Kanata makes your George Lucas sound awesome. Oh, really? You sounded just like her. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. You even came in your costume. (laughs) Right. I've got my Maz Kanata butt eyes, so we're here to go. What, what about Larry Flint? 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Larry Flint bought my magazine. And by bought, I mean, I didn't mean I got money. I mean, I got the basically the rights to do the magazine. So that was fun. Yeah, no, I sold it to him in like the 90s and, got, and did it for him for a few years, which was pretty fun. That Larry Flint, yes. He's in offices on Wilshire Boulevard, Wilshire and La Cienega. Did you work there's in... A giant, there's a giant building that says LFP, which stands for Larry Flint Publications. But when I worked there, we used to say that it stood for low fucking pay. Because it, it was on the scale of what you could pay people that worked in the print magazine business. He always paid below the minimum. So, but he gave me a job. So uh, for that, I thank him. So, yeah. And here yeah, he is Flint. now. Yeah. Here he is now. <laughs> <laughs> and not, it's, yeah, he kind of sounds like George, too. Just, yeah. got the old Kentucky drawl. He, he's kind of like um, pornography's Clay Claws. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, no, it was, I mean, it was like, I got the rights back and turned it into a website. I did a magazine for a little bit, turned it into a website. But but yeah, no, it was fun to sort of see a sort of big world of publishing, small world, underground, you know. But I've been fortunate enough that for the most part, I've been able, I just write whatever I want about film stuff and point out stupid, interesting facts that some people find entertaining, though probably not most of the members of this audience. Oh. Just calling it out, folks. Just calling it out. <laughs> it's great sizzle. I'm it's not, great sizzle. You know. Many people like it. You're not those people, okay? Right. How do you think that would go now that, like, in this day and age, with, well, at the, at the like, time, like, no, but, well, like, a magazine about movies getting bought by hustlers? Well, I mean, yeah, well, it was weird, because Film Threats always kind of championed indie movies, which weren't called independent films when I first started the magazine, so... Larry Flint, huge champion of independent yeah, movies. Yeah, he was. I mean, they made that... I mean, well, actually he has been. But, you know, I mean, they made that movie about him. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, like, we've always kind of championed the indie movies that no one has known about, weird underground stuff. And, you know, the internet kind of takes care of that. But also, you know, always kind of just giving a middle finger to Hollywood. Because why do I need a career? What would I use that for if I had one? I brought it down on purpose, folks. <laughs> The energy in this room is so weird. Isn't is it weird? Is it the heat that you guys are all like, it's, it's good temperature in here. As compared to the I talk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See? That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Jenny, let's talk about you. Now, as, as it's been well documented in, in world history that, that women have it pretty easy. And... <laughs> All the time. Nowhere more so than on the internet. Mm -hmm. So you said, I want to have the, the easy rise. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you get started making your video? If you don't know, Jenny makes these very hilarious, dry commentaries on uh, comic book movies and Star Wars and that sort of thing. How did you get started? Um, well, I already had a YouTube channel and nobody was watching it. And I What sort of stuff were you putting up on it? Oh, well, actually, before this, I did, like, a parody of My Little Pony, where we, like, dubbed over all the ponies and made them say different things and changed the story. Okay. Um, How much cooler do you now feel, everyone? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I've seen bronies in the house. You all look like bronies to me. There, there you all are. What? Why, why did they grow in it? That was a compliment. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that was on a different channel, and I had like 2,000 subscribers on mine just from that, from being in that. So then they like, I just started posting my thoughts on how I hated Padme, and then I posted a video about making up Star Wars names and how to do it. Like, you just kind of take a known value and change a letter 
or you take strange sounds if you're making an alien. Um, and I gave some examples. And that one got posted on Reddit. So that's kind of how it started. Really? Yeah, make it Make a Star Has Wars... Has anybody heard of Reddit? No, that's okay. I hadn't either until it happened. My understanding, it's a fan club for people that hate Jason Ward. Is that... No, but I'm not on it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Make up a, a Star Wars... How do you make up a Star Wars name? Um, let's see. Well, you could take a name like Jason and then change it to like Jason. Ah. And suddenly you have like Jason. What's your last name? Wars. Wars. Nice. Jason Wars. <laughs> That's that is- suddenly a Star Wars name. <laughs> Somebody give me the real human name. Your first and last name. I'm going to post it on the internet. Jolene and- Bollinger. Jolene Bollinger? I, get- I don't even need to change that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's already there. <laughs> Maybe just put a syllable break in a different place. All right. How about a normal one? Steel Saunders. Steel Saunders. That's yeah. No, this is horrible. Is there anyone here that has a, like a human name that's not? <laughs> Blake Muma. Okay. <laughs> Muma. There's literally like a little Swedish cartoon character named Muma. He looks like a hippopotamus. <laughs> well, yeah. I would change Blake to like. I don't know. You can't change it to bloke. I would just change it to bloke. <laughs> bloke Muma. Bloke, bloke Mamu. Bloke Mamu. Mm-hmm. That's deep. That easy. So I, <laughs> I'm interested in your My Little Pony fandom because I love mm-hmm. subcultures and what people in those subcultures dislike each other for. Yeah. What What's like a contentious issue in the My Little Pony fandom? Oh, there are many. Um, I guess it's just the shippers. There are people that ship different ponies. So they're like <laughs> Flutter Dash or Death. You know, something like that. But yeah, bronies are um, very passionate guys. <laughs> what of, of of all your videos? Like some of them are quite confronting for the the home team Star Wars fan. Yeah, like the Rogue One video. Yeah, it, we I made like a half hour video about how I didn't like Rogue One, and um, it didn't get very nice comments. What was the point that? got people upset the most? Um, I said that you couldn't relate to any of the characters, and then a lot of people said, it's a war movie, you're not supposed to. So, that sounds legit. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was so confused when I saw Wonder Woman, and they tried to make you care about the characters. I was like, what? Have they never seen a war movie before? (laughs) (laughs) It's just strange. Not worth the effort. Have you had a um, like a positive video that you've put up about Star Wars? Ooh, no, not about Star Wars. <laughs> um, I guess I just made a video where I was talking about all the BB-8 stuff I owned. I think that was pretty positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I made a wish list for episode eight. I said all the stuff that I want to see happen. Uh, I want Hux to go to jail and just look really angry and be in jail. I just think that would be a good scene. Uh, that was pretty much all that I wanted. That was the whole video. Um, I had a conspiracy theory about how I think Kylo Ren built BB-8. <laughs> As a child in the resistance. It all makes sense when you think about it. That's Star Wars ring theory at its finest, I yeah. think. It's like poetry. 
You, you, you appeared on the, the prequel Strike Back documentary. Right. What was your feelings on, on the prequels? Well, they haven't aged well, but, but I don't think they're as bad as we think they are because I, I think... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think looking back without the hype and everything that was happening at the time, I mean, it's, I mean, there is some bad dialogue in the original Star Wars. I mean, anything you could criticize the prequels for also happened in the original trilogy. I think, in a way, C-3PO is kind of the Jar Jar of that trilogy. I mean, C-3PO does a lot of dumb and annoying things. So I just, I just think the prequels aren't as bad as we thought. And I think it's interesting because the filmmaker, who's from Austin, Texas, saw the prequels and he was a kid, a little kid. Then he grew up and read the internet and didn't realize that people hated it. So he wanted to make this documentary about you know, his, his generation, how the prequels were not as bad as everyone thought. And I, I actually kind of agree with them. It's just when you take the hype away, they're not as bad, except for all the romantic scenes. Those are just uh, unwatchable in episode two. So, oh my God. So, uh, the, you know, the, the, the classic scene that everyone brings up is the scene about the sand and right. how it's coarse sand, and rough. It's so coarse and it gets in everything. Yeah, but like I, I've come around on that because now I love it. Like, I just, like, if I had a choice to live in a world with the sand, like, line and all the references or not. Right. I'm living in that sand world because I just, I love the references to it. Sure. But last night I went to the Hollywood Forever, the cemetery where they show films. And for some reason we went to see the film Selena about the the singer Selena. Yeah. And there was, I've had that song in my head all morning. And there is a better romantic line than that where Selena is arguing with her husband, like it's a passionate argument trying to like get the relationship back together. And she says, remember that night in LA by the dumpster? (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, I remember. People forget the response to the sand line. It had some great depth and subtlety to his attraction to Padme because he says he hates sand. And then he says, here, everything is soft and smooth. And you realize he's talking about Padme. <laughs> it's, their romance like, is Whoa, creepy. She is soft and smooth, but it That's is creepy. But it's creepy, right? I mean, like, no. there's that honest trailers about episode two. That's one of my favorites where they talk about how Annika is just kind of a creeper, right? It's like, not creepy. He's saying, Padme, I like your skin. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sand, but I like your skin. <laughs> Do you think uh, after, a, like, Revenge of the Sith, he was, like, with Palpatine and he's, like, by the water and he goes, I hate sand. It's coarse and rough. He probably not- at that point would say, I hate lava. I think yeah, that yeah. Would yeah. Take, <laughs> but that but then, he, then he, like, caresses Palpatine's shoulder and goes, it's not wrinkly and ruffled. Here everything is soft and rumply. <laughs> <laughs> Still better than sand. Mm, sand's okay. Yeah. Sand's okay. 
always in the live shows take uh, audience questions. So we've got a microphone set up. If anyone has a, a general Star Wars question or a, a question for any of our uh, guests, hit the microphone if you wish. Always the first person. It's it's tough. And then Guys, we'll- line up, line up. up. Let's yeah, be let's be organized. Be- let's get this line organized. Come on, seriously. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> will get a turn. That's what always happens, though. And then at the end, people are like, oh, I missed out asking a question. It's like, well, they you know. sure did. Yeah. Is that yeah. what happened? There's also a, um, there's a Funko exclusive for the, no, there's not. There's not. <laughs> people would have run out the door if you finished that sentence. Yeah. They'd be gone. What, what were your Rogue One impressions? Did, you know, Jen didn't, uh, she, she didn't. I, I love, I love Jen, Jenny's uh, dissertation. I think it was amazing. I think, uh, I don't know. I thought it was so great. You said, you said that and the Red Letter Media video about it are my two favorites. Because it's it's weird. We think that like like I think the Marvel movies have worked really well for the most part because there's a deep bench. There are a lot of different types of stories. You know, there's cosmic Marvel stories. There's Marvel stories set on Earth and technology underwater. There's Marvel stories in in many different types of worlds. And when you think about it, I think the reason the Marvel comic book films have turned out so well is because in a way you've got 75 plus years of comic book history where you've had people sitting effectively in a writer's room coming up with ideas. So when the filmmakers come along, they can kind of cherry pick the best concepts and use them in the films. You could so, do that for Star Wars as well. But, but you know, I don't they, know that if that, you need a good tale about a droid becoming a Death Star. For, for me, every 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 movie made after George Lucas left the series to me, it's all fanfic. It's all fanfic. I mean, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams is like a George Lucas cover band, right? I mean, I think uh, I read that a couple places. But so, what, couldn't you say the same thing about like? Like a DC film, it's like anything that's not Bob Kane. It's it's fan. Well, I mean, they're using that source material to create something new. I mean, that's why the Chris Nolan, uh, you know, Batman Begins, I think, was so good. He kind of just cherry picked, sort of like greatest hits of Batman, put it in a movie to make sense, and it and it worked. At least the first two. So. Uh, you know, I think that with the Marvel films, they have the luxury, and I don't think that Star Wars has that. I don't think they have, you know, they don't have the deep bench of characters and whatnot. And I think a lot of it just comes off as fanfic to me. So, and I agree with everything Jenny said, especially you know when you're ranting about the characters. Who do you relate to in that film? And they it was Faze Malbus for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, there's all these. They introduce these characters. You're supposed to like them because they're Star Wars. It's like no, because I relate to them. So I don't know, but I have hopes for Episode Eight because the character I give a shit about is finally in the movie, which is Luke Skywalker. Let's see what he's been up to. He's just been you know? with Wilro Hood sucking back ice yeah. cream. You're going to be so sad when he dies. Right. That's your, was that one of your episode eight theories? I hope not. I don't think I said it, but it is. Well, I do love your video. You should need to watch this video where Jenny plays both Ray and Luke <laughs> and posits what if you know Luke Skywalker is Ray's father and asks... And how that would be terrible because that would make him a horrible father if he left her on Jakku and was not imprisoned or dead. Like, her parents better be imprisoned or dead. Or building a Death Star. Well, I agree. Yeah, there's a, there you th- go. That's fine, too. There's a, I don't know, is anyone going to San Diego Comic-Con at all? Like, I'm doing a panel there Friday night of Comic-Con, 7 to 9 p.m. It's um, called Pl- the... Uh, plugs at the end of the podcast. Mark. Oh, oh p- plugs. No, but this relates a little bit. The premise of it is, is that... Oh, well, I mean, uh, anyways, if you come to Comic-Con, come to my panel. 
um, it's it's about the, the the main reason for all the evil in the Star Wars universe is not the dark side. It's bad parenting. <laughs> it's it's like you know you know abandoning orphans on desert planets. It's, you know, taking little children away from their mothers. It's domestic abuse near volcanoes. It's killing younglings. younglings. It's all people making bad, just bad choices. If they were, I mean, the two best characters in Star Wars are Leia and Luke, and they were raised by effectively an intact family, you know? So I don't know. I don't know if that's sort of a running thread. Uh, But but, then there's also the thread of like once you become responsible for a child in Star Wars. You're, Abandon them. No, no, you're going to die. Killed. You're going to die. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There's like like Uncle Owen Aunt Baru, dead. Right. Uh, so Obi-Wan Kenobi takes over, dead. Right. And it just keeps on going. Like it's like yeah. soon as like, like Darth Obi-Wan's Vader. Obi-Wan's like a shitty dad too, kind of through episode two, right? He's not so good. He didn't ask for that. Leave him alone. That's true. <laughs> He's like the weekend dad, yeah. Obi-Wan, right? <laughs> so. I love those weekends at Alderaan. They're great. Right. Yeah, he's the fun dad. <laughs> hey, guys, just an extra shout out to our sponsor this week, Geek Fuel. If you want five to seven geek-related items from the likes of Marvel, DC, Firefly, South Park, and Star Wars at a value of at least $50 for just around $15 plus shipping and handling, including an exclusive t-shirt and downloadable game, go to geekfuel.com forward slash Wars, and by using our special link, you will get a bonus item of a value of at least $10. So if you sign up for one month, it is at least $60 worth of value for around $15, plus shipping and handling. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Geekfuel.com forward slash Steel Wars. You, you had a thing about you were confused about the dark side. Yeah, I, I think that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. That's it. <laughs> I love that theory. It's a short video. It was. Uh, got a lot of views, though, so it all worked out. No, I, I just think it's strange that um, there's no real reason to want to go to the dark side because I would think the appeal is that it doesn't have the strict rules that the light side does. But then when you get to the dark side, if you look at, like, the expanded universe books, you also can't do things on the dark side. Like, there's this dark sider that has, like, a girlfriend, and everyone's like, what, you have a girlfriend? What kind of dark sider has a girlfriend? It's like, well, he, you can't as a Jedi either. That should be, like, what you tempt people with. Like, come have as many girlfriends as you want on the dark side. We're okay with that. Like, it should be, like, the nice guy. Like, good cop, bad cop. And then the dark side's like, hey, we're going to have some parties over on the dark side. But instead, they're like, we want you to join us. But once you join us, we want to kill you so you don't kill us. So we're just going to fight constantly. Also, there can only be two of us, but we do want you to join. But there can only be two. So once you join, someone has to die. And it's not going to be me. (laughs) So... I just don't understand the appeal. I would want to start my own different party. (laughs) That would be confusing, though, because if you go to the dark side because you can't have a girlfriend, Mm -hmm. then you can't have a girlfriend there, and it's like... I would call my new side the dark side also. Like, are they going to sue me? It's like, no, it's fine. (laughs) I would just do it right and call it the same thing. But wouldn't that have, like, confused branding? Like, What are they going to do? Are they going to take me the dark side to court? 
I'm the dark side. I'm not going to show up. <laughs> they can get whatever lawyers they want to. You just ring them and say, there's a fire on the hyperspace line. Yeah, you get like a summons. You're like, oh, great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll, be, I'll get right on that. Yeah. Um, how is it... With YouTube, like I like, you know, do the podcast and, and the podcast listeners are, are, are pretty polite. Mm-hmm. But then I started posting stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, and they're even nicer. Wow. Passionate. Mm-hmm. Passionate. Mm-hmm. You, you post up a video of Kathleen Kennedy and uh, it brings out certain feelings about women. It is mm-hmm. tough. How, how do you deal with that? Oh, I just, I guess I don't read any of the comments anymore. I, I used to, and then I went to Star Wars Celebration, and I did, like, a little guest video with Star Wars Explained guy, and then when he posted it, I, like, went to his channel, and I was reading the comments, and I was like, oh, like, people are so mean when I leave, like, the nice bubble of my channel, and then I was like, wait, no, these are the same, I just don't read the ones on my channel anymore. <laughs> these are exactly the same, like, I checked my email, like, yeah, it's probably the same people, too. Yeah. Same stuff, same people. I, I just think you can't care if you're going to be on the internet. Yeah. Like you you can't be sad about things. <laughs> you can't feel or, or else it'll be bad for you. You seem to have mastered the art. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like your tip that people are polite when you ignore them. No. <laughs> Well, you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Oh, um, I love this video. Look at all the views. <laughs> uh, no questions. Thank you, Jason. All right. Thanks. All right. So t- today, modern Star Wars is kind of taking a little bit of a slap in the face. So from I want to ask you guys the question. You guys, you guys are kind of, kind of a little bit negative, like not that positive on it. But my question is, I, I don't think you guys hate it. I'm not saying that. Um, my question is, do you guys think the best Star Wars is to come? Or do you think it's already happened? Ooh. Star Wars happened. Or is it happening, man? I actually feel like I didn't talk about Star Wars 7. Um, I actually really liked The Force Awakens. I thought it was a really solid movie. I saw it six times. One of the times was at a drive-in movie theater, which was awesome. Um, so that's the only reason that I like it. No, but um, I think it's a, it's a really well-done movie. And I think that everyone's main complaint about that one um, was people saying it was too similar to A New Hope. And uh, for me, I thought that was a strength because to me it seems like they're making it really similar in order to set up like a divergence from what we're expecting in the second one. So I'm expecting to see a lot of like thematic inversions from things that happened in The Empire Strikes Back, which makes me super excited for the new trilogy. Um, and I, I agree that they're kind of fan fiction, but it doesn't really bother me. I feel like there are so many remakes and so many spinoffs, like all media's fan fiction at this point. We're not getting anything original. So um, I'm really excited for the new trilogy. Just not Rogue One. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we may sound a little negative just on some aspects, but I did like you. I like The Force Awakens, even though, yes, it was a retread, but it did something that's really difficult to do, which is create characters you care about. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually like, you know, obviously I love the legacy characters from the original trilogy, but I thought Poe, Ray, Finn, and BB-8 were cool it's hard to create kylo ren's a great kylo ren's a great character i think what happens with space divorce it really affects you and makes you go to the dark side because clearly there's panel again right yeah i am i'm plugging my panel again i asked jenny to be on the panel but Ah. i feel like i need to do it she's definitely not doing it now (laughs) 
No, but uh, but yeah, Kylo Ren's a great character. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. Uh, so I, I also I feel like I'm more excited for the future of the trilogies. I don't care so much about the spinoff films. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like. I could care about the spinoff films if they weren't what they have been. Right. <laughs> yeah. Solo doesn't sound super interesting. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I, it's interesting. Because you can get on that tangent of also like, oh, here's what I don't like. Like, I loved Jenny's video about what is it, eight things about Rogue One that she didn't like or whatever. And, like, I agree with a lot of the points. But then I'm just like, yeah, but I just want to see Radis. Like, like, I still love the film. Like, I think, like, you can still love something and then go, well, that bit's like, I think the point you brought up. When Baze says to Jin, good luck, little sister or whatever. Oh, and it's just, and it's just like, <laughs> have they spoken for the entire... Right? I wanted her to go like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, little sister? Okay. Thanks. You too. Cheers. Brad. Cheers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, I... I, you know, having being hopeful in a Star Wars year, that's always worked out for Star Wars fans. And I do have my hopes up that we might get the best one this year, just based on... I'm, I'm, I, I have a crush on Ryan Johnson, and, and why would he break my heart? But, you know, if... if and it all depends on me on Luke Skywalker, how they handle Luke Skywalker. Uh, if he's... Like, I don't want him to be like a like a belligerent old man that wants nothing. I want him to flip and become hero pretty early on in the film. Like that's the thing that sort of bummed me out about Rogue One was how they, the rebellion like couldn't agree to go, but they went anyway. And it was sort of just like, well, just let me be a bit more pro. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be proud of my rebellion that I've been, you know, a fan of for all these years. So that, that sort of, I just want him to come through. I agree with Luke. I feel like the prequels too. We were we had such a disappointing depiction of Jedi. Um, I always thought Luke was like the one who could make it. Like he has the compassion. He's he's a very like gentle soul. Um, so I feel like he could be like the Jedi to end all Jedi. Not to not to talk about the last Jedi. I don't mean literally like it's his fault. But I mean he kind of seems like the ultimate Jedi. Like he would do it right. So I don't want to have like a Luke who's like oh I don't talk about those days anymore putting all my old Jedi trophies in the shed, pretending it never happened. Like, I want him to, like, I mean, maybe be a little resistant at first, but I want him to really be, like, a warm, compassionate, good Jedi master because this might be the last Jedi master that we get to see in Star Wars. So, mm. Do it justice. Yeah, I, I really hope it's, like, a Yoda-like situation where, you know, at the start, Yoda's, like, no, no, you're too old, all these excuses, give us your torch. Um, so shallow. <laughs> I, the torch thing always gets me now because people like to retcon things like, oh, you know, Tarkin blinked this way because he was thinking about Krennic like in Star Wars and stuff. Romantically. But <laughs> how could you not though, Mendo? But when Artu and Yoda are fighting over the torch and like Yoda knows Artu, Artu knows Yoda. They never got along. But is it their, their classic sketch? Is it their classic, like, give me the torch like, sketch? Like, it's an inside joke? Yeah. And Luke doesn't get it. He's, like, the awkward one that's like, oh, they didn't explain this to me. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable now. But yeah, it's... That's probably what happened. It's very weird. I just want... I'd, I'd like I them to edit out that fight. I kissed R2 right on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I hope they explain this in the prequels. And they never did. <laughs> right on the lips. <laughs> R2's lips? Yes. 
Right in his robot mouth. (laughs) Where's his mouth? You lift up the little um, front panel of his dome, and he's got beautiful human lips. (laughs) (laughs) It's a maintenance feature. It's necessary. I noticed that you covered your mouth then, Chris. Yes, you're, I did. You're insecure about That's your That's my new favorite scene, is that scene. <laughs> a lot of people forget that scene. It's yeah. a good one. Overlooked. But do you think we could still have the greatest Star Wars film to come? Yeah, I always want... The, I, look, when I go to the theater and sit down, I always want that, of course. I think we all do, right? I don't want to go to the theater and see a bad movie that happens far too often, but, you know... Mm. Yeah, I want. Of course, I want that. Yeah, I, I, I think you'll ever like a Star Wars movie again. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll wait to see what video you post on Episode Eight. That okay. I'm really curious. Don't see it until I weigh in. It's my plan. <laughs> Just hold off. Hold off. I, I would say that The Force Awakens was the the first half was the best half of a Star Wars film ever made. I just thought up until. They got to Maz Kanata's castle. It was pretty, like, amazing. And then, then there were some plot points that, that... I wouldn't include the Rathtars in the best half. But if you cut it before that, then I might agree with you. I, I'm, I'm willing to go with them because it's... A, yeah, they were fine. They were just filler. I was like, oh, I'm trying to get age. a popcorn refill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's convenient. Oh, they're getting chased. Oh, my popcorn's gone. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> Running as fast as old man Han down the aisles. <laughs> Uh, Dom, how are you? Come down from San Francisco. Thanks very much, man. Yeah, absolutely. Glad, glad, uh, glad to be here. Um, f- just for some fun, we, I know we like to speculate, theorize. Do you guys have any feelings on why the saber calls to Ray? Do you think it's random, or because just because she's strong in the Force, or do you think there's, you know, we all like. Yeah, they all want to have everything connect to each other. You know, do you think it's going to be something like that? Uh, I think it would be hilarious, just as a giant troll, if the saber did call to her randomly. <laughs> like it just happened to connect to her Bluetooth or something like that. That would just be like... <laughs> that would just... We've just been pondering, you know, her whole backstory and who her parents are. It's like, that was just, just happenstance, really. It just... She just happened to be sitting in the right place that she could hear the saber. But uh, I, I definitely think it, it has to be some sort of, like, well, she's got the force, so... I mean, they could decide what they want to do with Ray and then just make it make sense, whatever way they want to. Mm-hmm. If she's a random person, they could say, it's because she's destined to stop Kylo Ren and she needs the lightsaber to do that, so mm-hmm. the force wants to help. And if she's related to the Skywalkers, they could say that's why. She could be related to the Kenobis and they could say that's why, so... It, it means nothing. Nothing gives us any clues. They can just decide arbitrarily what they want and then retroactively be like, that was why. So, no, yeah, we, we're just shooting into the dark. There's no, no light. Nothing to go off of. <laughs> <laughs> when is your book of poetry being released? I like, I, actually, if there is a, a theory that I saw... Uh, I thought, saw a theory on the internet about Star Wars. Um, there, there is a theory that I think is actually kind of an interesting theory that Ray's parents were actually already in Force Awakens. When there's a, there's a 
flashback scene where you see these dead all these dead people around Kylo Ren and assuming the Knights of Ren. Or is it a flash forward? Is it a flash or a flash forward, but that her parents are among the dead and that they were learning at the Jedi Academy and Luke is the one that drops Rey off on Jakku. He drops drops her off, wipes her memory, like uh, leaves her there, which would explain maybe why the Falcon's there, but leaves Rey there um, to protect her and, and that... Her, she was actually at the Jedi Academy, but was too young, and he, uh, you know, shuffled her away because her parents were strong in the Force, and they're actually. So then, if Kylo Ren had a hand in Rey's parents' deaths, that would actually add a little bit more more layers to their relationship. So, it, it would say something about like so. Going off that, that would mean that Luke. Dropped her off to un- an irresponsible dad. Yeah, to Uncle Pla. Irresponsible foster dad. And you know, because you see his arm, and he's like yelling at her. Well, that's that's. This br- guy looks trustworthy. Yeah, but it could be reflective of how Luke thought about Uncle Owen. That he's like, oh yeah, that's equivalent. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uncar like- Plut. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's the character's uh, well, name. Well, my Uncar head Plut. canon is that Uncar Plutt is her uncle, and oh, they said, here's your Uncle Plutt. He's going to take care of you. <laughs> she totally misheard them and thought they were saying a crazy alien name, oh, and good. no one corrected her. He thought it was her weird British accent. <laughs> it just, the misunderstanding continued, and then she resented him, and then he resented her because she didn't treat him like an uncle. It was all just a giant misunderstanding. She could have been very happy there. <laughs> I, I'm curious, Steele, like you have a whole thing that goes your Snoke theory sucks. You have stickers. You have suckers. You even do have a bit in your act about people eating the suckers. What, you, what, tell me about your Snoke theory. Because everyone else's sucks, apparently, but I want to hear yours. Because I love Snoke theories. That's like my favorite new thing to read because everyone has a completely different one. I've also, yeah, so I've got, I've got T-shirts, I've right. got stickers, I've got suckers, and then I've got people that like to abuse me on the internet for I didn't mean for, for it them. to be a plug, but definitely if you are listening to this podcast and you would like some of this merch, you can get it at your podcast at... SteelWars.com. That's exactly. Done. And we'll be, so. we'll be plugging that at your panel at right. Comic-Con. Yes, you should do it. So, but tell me about, tell me about the, the, your actual theory, not the shirt, but I just the theory it's, itself. I just think it's a dude. He's just a... Just a Cat it's called a, Snoke. The, the consistent thing. Six foot tall dude. Right. Well, the Seven consist- foot tall. Yeah. The okay. thing that everyone says he's like Yoda size, right? Because then he made himself large. And the, oops, dropped the one. Um, but yeah. So, so, but you don't have one? I would think. No, I just think You have the merch, but not the theory? I just think he's a dude that's come in and worked his way up the galaxy. And now he's got some sweet TIE fighters, a big Star Destroyer. Uh, from what we hear, a damn fine gold robe. And yep. he's, he's here to uh, take over the galaxy. I think it's, it's like, oh, we want new stuff in Star Wars, but it has to be old stuff as well. So it's, it's like, it's just a new character. I, 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 it's just... So you don't think there's any sort of... Con- People want there to be connections, right? You, yeah. You've talked about it. But, but I didn't... It's so silly. It's like, why, why can't we have new things? Yeah. And, and I didn't like make the t-shirt because it was like, I'm a passionate Snoke theorist. I just thought it was like a funny joke that would annoy people and ding. I also, my personal Snoke theory is that he's just normal guy height and that we're just like big idiots, like Amish people that have never seen a movie theater screen before. And we're like, whoa, that man's really tall. (laughs) No, it's a hologram. Like everyone realizes he's just six feet tall, but we, the viewers somehow don't understand their technology and and think that means he's a huge giant. (laughs) 
it's confusing when you're watching TV. It's yeah. it's very confusing. Yeah, how did they get that man in that box? <laughs> <laughs> that's us. That's us in the Star Wars universe. Question. Do you guys think we could see any new Jedi force powers from Luke or possibly Leia? And what might they be? Ooh. There have been, like, in the novels, right? Like, Luke has yeah. some weird power with... It's sort of like the, the good version of Force Lightning. But what is it? It's like oh. a... Oh. I forget. And then it's it, so dumb. I remember when I heard the it. The dark side can make, like, a spear that right. spears you with the dark side. Well, you something. saw because Kylo Ren oh, could stop wall, the blaster. Right? It's like a big. It's like a big energy wall made of goodness. It could be. <laughs> Friendship is magic. Yeah. The friendship wall, really? What book is that from? The friendship wall. That's the name of the book. Okay, like, great. Timothy's on. <laughs> but I mean, we. I, I, do, I, I like that when Kylo Ren stopped the blaster. I thought that's cool. We haven't seen that before. That was really cool. Which that, I like. Which is, I think, awesome. what we all want in Star Wars. Just show me something I haven't seen before. I thought that was Take clever because it was the established force power already. It was just a new clever use of it. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember the first time I saw the film and and the lightning bolt or the the bolt from the blaster stopped. I was just sitting in the theaters like. This is the greatest film that has ever been made. Like, end it there. The, the, like, the bolt just stays floating for the next two hours, and they have a conversation, and then credits. And I just would have gone, that was awesome. That was great. Oh, it's such a good trick. It, it, no, it's, yeah. TIE Fighters, seen them. Like, I'd be upset if suddenly Luke could just shoot ice from his fingertips. <laughs> I feel like it has to feel like a natural, like, kinship to the powers we've already seen. But I think we... Like, have some ice. <laughs> and then shoots ice. Freeze. I think, I think that might be another Marvel... Yeah, chill. <laughs> that might be, yeah, a, a different franchise that mm-hmm. they have that power already. You wouldn't already. like his ice powers. He's on an island, so it makes sense. <laughs> but he's got he Will Rohood in the yeah, ice cream maker. Needs, it's on an island paradise. He needs some ice cubes for his coconut milk. <laughs> I, I I definitely think we'll see like some. They they got to keep adding things to the. You know, we got the you know the lightning and uh, stuff like that. So I think there there'll be some additional bit of forcing about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Force teleportation. No. No teleportation, yeah. no time travel. That's that's Star Wars. No. Only Ray can do it. Only Ray can teleport. No, no one can. She teleports high into the sky and then falls on her enemies like a spider. <laughs> <laughs> With her two lightsabers that look like forks. That is definitely not how the force works. <laughs> it could. No. It will. Won't. Episode eight. Spiderfall. <laughs> So there'd be like a force web as well? No, that's that's absurd. <laughs> All right, you guys. Let us wrap up with the question I always want to know from guests is what are you most looking forward to or most want to happen in Star Wars? We've got films for eternity. We will never have that, that dark feeling of we're going to see the last one. So you're going to have to come up with a, a new reason to go to the film with a large amount of indifference. But uh, what would you like to see or what are you most looking forward to in Star Wars? I think the one thing I really wanted to see was Luke, Han, and Leia reunited. And I think when they killed off Han Solo, 
that's obviously an impossibility. And of course, with how did you turn possible. my positive question right. into a I'm complaint, sorry. Chris? I'm sorry. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe they'll all be forced ghosts in the episode nine. Who knows? But uh, I, I don't. I don't know. That's such a hard question to answer. How it's good like a, would it be in episode uh, in episode eight if um, there is a ghost of Yoda? And the ghost of Yoda has got the ghost of the torch and he just taunts R2 with it. And then they kiss right on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That, that would be, I can definitely see that like an odd couple uh, sitcom with, you know, Luke and force ghosts and him using his force powers for, to do mundane things like clean his hovel. So, you know, dust it. Use Not a, a light nice thing to call his house. Yes, well, it was. Yeah, I'm assuming it's a hovel. But I call your house that as well. <laughs> yeah. Have a but, safe trip back to your hovel. <laughs> but uh, no, I really uh, serious. I want to see Luke be a badass because I feel like he only at the very end of. And you've heard even Mark Hamill comment comment on this where he said, you know, he throws the saber away, says, you know, I'm a Jedi like my father before me, but he doesn't actually get to be a Jedi and be a badass. Uh, until maybe the Timothy Zahn novels, right? But but I'd like to see him just be a badass. That's it. That's if he does that in episode eight, I'm I'm sold. I'm in. So, yeah. Jenny. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to see an ensemble comedy movie that's like set on Star Tours. Like it's like the crew <laughs> of a Star Tours ship. It's like the normies. I feel like we need some movies about the normies that are not also fighting for the resistance. And like, don't have personalities, you know. A comedy film, and it's not a Han Solo movie, so you can make it really comedic because you're not messing with the existing canon. You're just on a Star Tours ship, flying around. It could be a TV series. I'm not particular. What planet would you like them to visit on their Star Tour? Ooh, I would take them to new planets so we could see new stuff. Um, I would take them to Lethal because it seems like it looks different every time I see it, and I'd want to know. What <laughs> Um, just get, get another feel for it, maybe. And um, I would like them to go to, like, road trip planets, uh, Vegas planets, uh, cars planet, definitely. A, a planet where it's all sentient cars, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, another snow planet, but it's not Hoth. It just, you just repeat stuff. You run out of planets. <laughs> you just keep making new names for the same planets. It's like that video game where you keep going to different planets and it's just generated by a computer. With tiny variations. So, No Man's Sky, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be as boring as that. <laughs> Just endless permutations of planets. What in episode eight needs to happen for you to post your first giddily overjoyed Star Wars video? Okay, um, I heard there's going to be an evil BB 8 in the new movie. Um, I would be really excited if it was like they actually made him very scary and he murders a major character in a, in a really gruesome way. Like he pulls out a gun and he shoots someone, he shoots Poe Dameron through the chest. <laughs> Poe Dameron is dead, there's blood everywhere and the BB-8 goes burp, 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 burp. <laughs> and then it like, Ray's like, no! She's looking at the BB-8 and she like hates it and it turns her to the dark side. <laughs> That's going to be some video. New nemesis. (laughs) Cannot wait. So excited. Please thank our guests, Jenny Nicholson and Chris Gore. Thank you. Thank you. Jenny, let the good people of the internet know where they can find your work. 
have a YouTube channel, and it's just my name. It's Jenny Nicholson. So you can go onto YouTube and type my name and find my channel. Very cool. Very cool. Christopher? I'm that Chris Gore on everything, Instagram, Twitter, and then go to filmthreat.com. Very nice. Uh, a huge thanks. It is a real thrill to move to a new country and have people come to my silly little uh, Star Wars chat show. Uh, thanks to everyone at uh, Meltdown Comics and the Nerd Melt Theatre. And uh, I'm very happy to say we'll be back here on Saturday, the 12th of August at 4 p.m. So uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, tell some people, come down, and we'll see you there. Uh, I hope you had a good time. I am Steel Saunders, and may that force be with you! And I'll be over there with stickers and lollies, all that good stuff. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that super fun live episode recorded at Meltdown Comics Nerd Melt Showroom. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Caitlin and everyone at Nerd Melt and Meltdown for helping us get into such an awesome venue to live record at. And uh, cheers to everyone that came. There was people that came from San Francisco, from San Diego, from Orange County and in LA. And we had tons of previous guests came down. We had our troops creator, Kevin Rubio, Jason and Amanda Ward were there. The mysterious Phantom Editor was lurking. And uh, Admiral Raddus himself, Stephen Stanton, was also posted up with his crew. And afterwards, we all, uh, a bunch of us went to a bar across the road and had a few drinks, talked Star Wars, and I hope that becomes our lovely, regular tradition after shows. So, uh, great times. I had a um, such a fun time. Don't forget to check out Film Threat online and uh, search for Jenny Nicholson's videos on YouTube. They are hilarious. And I'll be on her Screen Junkies show, uh, Millennium Falcon, I think this week. So check that out. If you are a member of our Patreon content club for just $3 a month on patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars, uh, this week you would have got a Q&A episode and also an episode of Making Steel Wars with Jason Ward and I breaking down all the Han Solo news and rumors in an extra detail that we hope you won't get too many other places plus it keeps the show running and you also get the bonus show of the call in so uh pretty much three bonus shows this week on the content club feed and if you want to participate in this week's call in show it will be if you're in america it'll be saturday evening and if you're in Australia, it will be around midday on Sunday. So a day later than our normal time. If you're in the UK, it will be very late Saturday evening or very early Sunday morning. So uh, get involved. I'm not sure who the guest is yet, but uh, stay tuned to the website and the social media feeds uh, at Steel Wars on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we will let you know. 
Huge shout out to this week's sponsor, Geek Fuel. Don't forget you can check the special offer from Geek Fuel where you get a $10 bonus item at uh, geekfuel.com forward slash Steel Wars. But um, if you have never used Geek Fuel before for $15 plus shipping and handling or thereabouts uh, for $60 worth of value with the uh, bonus Steel Wars code or the bonus Steel Wars URL, geekfuel.com forward slash Steel Wars. Sounds like a pretty good deal. You get uh, an exclusive t-shirt and five to seven geek-related items. So, I don't know, t-shirts, 15 bucks. So everything else will be a gravy. So thanks to them so much. Don't forget, we are a part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. So if you want some other voices in Star Wars podcasting, including... Making Star Wars is now this is podcasting, which I will be on next Monday. Check that out. And also our other network is the good people at the Weekly Planet. If you want a myriad of other pop culture related podcasts, they've got comic book podcasts, they've got general comic book movie podcasts, of course, the Weekly Planet, uh, video game podcasts, all that good stuff. Go check it out at planetbroadcasting.com. Thank you guys so much for your support. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, drop us a, drop us a sweet retweet. Hey, hey, come on, come on. And mate, that force be with you. podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want.
it's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.